You're listening to UCW Radio. And your face. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Oh. Have I got your attention now? The lack of pedigree is good. You know what I mean? Money to be made in a place like this. Money never sleeps, pal. You're crazy. Don't run when you lose. Don't whine that thing. You know what it takes to sell real estate? It takes brass ball, ball, ball. I'm falling, and I can't get up! All right, welcome back to Money Never Sleeps, and this is a show where we talk about everything and anything that impacts the flow of money from around the corner to around the globe. It doesn't matter. The the industries, we, we, we bring on uh, interesting guests in various ind- industries. You know, we bring them from the world of finance. We bring them on from the world of finance, your private equity, venture capital, uh, technology, real estate. Uh, basically, you know, any industry that we feel does have an impact on the growth of a city, a state, a country, the world, you know, because as technology grows is as things start changing in a hurry. And uh, we're going to be speaking about a lot of different things in technology, a lot of uh, new products. Uh, new, uh, types of technology that will be coming out that you're not really reading about now, but you will be. And we're going to talk about that on this show little by little. And each week, we're just going to make it more and more interesting. And this week, we have some great guests coming on the show. Uh, We're going to be talking about technology and entertainment. And then we're going to be talking about you know, uh, business, small business and, and coaching and, and how that can actually help a small entrepreneur, even a mid-sized entrepreneur, up their game and raise their game in their business and in their industry and actually inspire their workers to, actually, to, to do the same. Because, you know, you need to give that, uh, give that little push sometimes. So we're going to bring on a couple of experts in that arena. Uh, I do want to say that, uh, look, in the world of real estate, you, you kind of... You kind of hear a lot of the, um, you know, I guess the noise that uh, is, is that's going around. You know, you have one group saying, "Well, you know, uh, real estate is going to start slipping down." The other, that the real estate is going to start going up, so on and so forth. You know, you have different uh, areas of real estate. You have you have REITs, you have private equity, and and hedge funds, and 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 certain other uh, groups that are getting involved. In, uh, equi- uh, in real estate in the United States especially, you have a lot of foreign money coming into the United States. And again, you know, um, when, when you are on top of your game in, in the world of commercial or high-end luxury residential or new developments, you're going to be attracting those, uh, those, that, that type of clientele. And that's what, uh, you know, whether the market's up or down or sideways, if you have something of value to bring to someone, of course, everyone's going to want to get, you know, the best value for their money. But if you're a professional, you'll be able to actually produce that for them. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be speaking more about real estate, not, not in, in today's show. You know, because I, if I did, uh, it would take up the whole show. Uh, we are going to be speaking about it the next show. Uh, we're going to be bringing on some, some, some really, uh, how can I put it, uh, insightful, uh, people that are leaders in the world of real estate. So you're not going to want to miss those shows. But 
On that note, you know, what I want to do is I want to bring on our first guest. He is, again, you know, as I said earlier, you know, this man is involved in coaching. I didn't say to mention him, but I mentioned, you know, coaching. Uh, he's involved in coaching small businesses and small business owners and mid-sized business owners and individuals and so on and so forth. He was on top of his game in the world of bodybuilding, fitness. He's an author, and he's an all-around great guy and a fellow New Yorker. So I want you to join me in welcoming none other than Tom Terwilliger to Money Never Sleeps. Hey, listen, Lewis, I appreciate you, you having me. I truly enjoy the work that you do and the information that you deliver out there. I'm a big fan of yours, so to be on your show... To be able to share whatever insights I have, man, I got to tell you something. I'm truly honored. So thank you so much. Ah, well, thank you for coming on, Tom. I know you have a really, really busy schedule, and I appreciate uh, your kind words. You got me blushing. You just don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> All true, my friend. All true. Yeah. So, so, so let, let, let's talk about small to mid-sized businesses. You know, you have a lot of small companies out there that are trying to get that edge. You know, in, in this economy, you know, everyone's trying to come up with the next new thing, next the next big thing in order to get the edge in their line of business. But, you know, there's some, sometimes there's a disconnect from what I see with the small business owners and uh, CEOs when uh, they're in growth mode with their companies. I mean, do you see this as being, uh, you know, uh, part of the deal? I do, actually. And I think, you know, for a lot of uh, individuals that are leading organizations, especially small to mid-sized organizations, and let me define what that is. Now, those could be companies with anywhere between five and 500 employees. Uh, most of the organizations that I work with have been in business for three to five years, and that is a critical uh, tipping point. You're either going to make it or you're going to continue to struggle or run a business at that point. And so, yeah, I see a lot. There's, you know, there's some interesting uh, dynamics that go on at that stage because what happens a lot of time is the people that start the business, whoever the the entrepreneur who was who made that decision, who stepped out onto that scary precipice of change and said, "Look, I'm going to take this on. I'm tired of working for someone else. I've got a great idea. I believe I can do this." They've taken on this leadership role, or maybe they've been in that before, and they decided to take that plunge three or five years ago, and they're still in that position. They're still in that leadership position. And for many of these small organization leaders, they haven't necessarily had formal training in this area. They've just kind of gotten out there. Maybe they were technicians in another area, or maybe a related business in some way, shape, or form. Um, so at this point, their leadership skills are going to be challenged a little bit at some point. And I'm a big believer, especially at this stage in a business's life, growth life, is that it's almost, almost, impossible to separate the CEO, the leader, the owner of the business from the business itself. And uh, I, I, what I mean by that is that the limitations that leadership has in terms of their perspective on money, their perspective on success, their perspective on on uh, how this is done or being open to how it may be done differently by others will impact the business. It's the driving force behind the business. Now, later on, once we get past this hump 
once we get past this five year or six year, whatever the period of time is that gets you over the hump where you start to bring on new and additional experience and leadership, for example, um, it's going to be driven by this one individual. And as a result, not only energetically, but knowledgely, experience-wise, it is going to be limited by that individual as well. That's been my experience, and that's the area I work in. When I work with CEOs and leadership teams for these organizations, we begin there. We begin to identify first, what are some of the limiting beliefs? And you know this, Lewis, yeah. that uh, you know we all have beliefs around money. We have certain energy that we put out around money, around finances, around success. So imagine if you've got a limit, if you've got a ceiling personally, and you're in that leadership role, you can unconsciously sabotage or put reins on the growth of your business as a result of your personal either limitations or beliefs or, or values around those particular areas of success that would otherwise allow you to go unbridled into this incredible area we call success and financial abundance. And you know something, Tom, what, what I want to do in a second, I want to go through the different components because I think it's going to be useful to our listeners for them to hear what these components are. But I also want to make clear to uh, our listeners that, you know, there's a difference between an advisor and a coach. And maybe you can define that for us because I, I think it's important as we continue the conversation right now. Boy, that's a, that's a great distinction. And, you know, it's interesting how most um, organizations and leadership and organizations don't necessarily recognize the distinction initially. They get it later on. And it's really it's, it's fascinating, too, because a consultant and or an advisor goes in based on their personal experience and or knowledge and wisdom um, about a particular organization or an industry and will share insights. Here's how it's been done. Here's what we've seen happen. Here are the, the, the models of what we think we should be doing here. Here's what you're not doing. So it's really an advice, an, an advice uh, strategy. For a coach, the difference there is I don't go in and give advice. Coaches aren't about advising. They're not about consulting. What a coach's job is, is to help an individual get past whatever the roadblocks, whatever the smoke screens, whatever the doubts, whatever the fears, whatever they might be that's keeping them from tapping into their own resources, their own knowledge, their own wisdom, and whatever the wisdom, knowledge, and energy that surrounds them, that they have access to, the resources that they have access to, but aren't tapping into them, and or are doubting their ability to make the right decisions. If we, have, if we allow that doubt to creep in, and it slows down the, the, the decision-making process because we're not sure or fearful, whatever it might be, that is ultimately going to be a stumbling block in an organization's growth cycle. And so what a, what a, uh, a coach does, it goes in and helps the individual or the leadership team eliminate some of the roadblocks, eliminate some of those doubts, those fears, and allows the individuals or the leadership team to actually tap into the resources they already have available and to find the answers they know are the correct answers. Plus, by looking outside, instead of getting advice just simply from the consultant, what it does is it actually empowers the leadership. I, as a leader, I become much stronger. I become much more confident in my own capabilities if I wasn't just given the advice, but rather I came up with the conclusions, I did the research, I, I looked at the empirical evidence, and I, bam, made a decision. And that's what coaches do. They empower 
as opposed to advising. And that that's a big difference because when, when you kind of mistake the two, you know, uh, an advisor is someone that's just standing by your side helping you to, to run your company, where if you have a coach, they're teaching you, they're giving you tools that can help mm-hmm. you learn and understand the dynamics because at the end of the day, you know, it's your company and you want to be yeah. able to build it the way you need to build it. You know, normally, normally, um, um, I think that a lot of people that are in business, they, they fail to understand or make the connection as far as getting help and, or letting, allowing someone to actually do the stuff for them or, or just push them in the direction that they need to go, um, and holding their hand along the way. And again, you know, you, you made the, uh, you made the the, uh, the the distinction between coaching and advising, and, and I think that our listeners, especially the small business and mid-sized business owners, you know, uh, they they understand that, but I think sometimes you need to hear it. Yeah, and you know, you know, it's interesting though. We all have. I, I've had this. I've, I've had this experience myself. We all do. You know, even in, in in the world of bodybuilding, believe it or not, which is where I come from and learned many of the skills of strength of will and discipline, determination, and focus that now has lent itself to not only coaching but also my own businesses. Um, we all have this this at some point when we feel like we're lost, we feel like we're we're stuck, whatever it might be in our businesses or our personal lives. We just want we just want someone to tell us what we need to do. But that's not the most empowering thing you can do. What you can do, the most empowering thing you can do, is to learn how to avoid this happening again by learning how to learn, by learning how to manage your time, manage your energy, learning how to delegate better, and using some of the the strategies and the techniques and the resources that you have at your own disposal. And so, so that's what a coach does. Instead of, and by the way. I hate to say this, but I, you know, I, I associate with and I know many, many business consultants. And one of their greatest frustrations, Lewis, is that they'll give advice, which is what they're being paid to do, but nine times out of ten times that advice isn't taken anyway. They ignore it. It's like, oh, yeah, we're paying you to do this, but then we don't act on it. As a, as a coach, again, it doesn't matter what I share. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what my experience is. And I may share that now and again, but in, but not in an advisory role, right. but just as in a sharing of experience to tell a story so someone else then comes to a conclusion on their own. And when they come to a conclusion on their own, what needs to be done when it's their idea, then it gets implemented. And you know something, Tom, I want you to hold that thought because we're going to get, we're going to get further into this because I think it's important, but we're going to take a quick break. So I want you to stick with us. I want our listeners to stick with us. We're going to be back on Money Never Sleeps with Tom Twilliger right after this quick break. And this is when we're taking a fake break because we're going over the 10 minutes, but, but I think, but what, I, th- I can't get up and take a piss now? What? No, no, you can't, but, but I think it's important. We're getting into something deep, which I think it's gonna, it's, it's gonna be good right now. So, uh, awesome. let's, let's just wait a second. We're gonna come back on and, uh, look, the, the show's gonna go for you, uh, a little longer than the 10 minutes because, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting. So just, uh, we're gonna bring you back on. If you're good with that, I love it. I'm fine with it. Just 
All right, welcome back to Money Never Sleeps, and we were talking about coach, the difference between coaching and advising with, uh, you know, one of one of the top uh, coaches out there, Tom Terwilliger, former bodybuilder, ch- bodybuilding champion, uh, turned into a business coach. Now, uh, Tom, you you brought up some points before we took the break uh, with consultants, and I understand with with consultants that yeah, you know, you go and you'll give advice, and I, and I, I talk from experience. You go and give advice to someone. They'll listen to you because they're paying you, but ne- you know they're not necessarily going to take that guidance because a lot of times they don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so l- l- let's uh, kind of tap into that a little bit. Well, I agree, and this is this is. Uh, by the way, I mean there are some incredible uh, consultants and and uh, and advisors out there that have uh, literally changed the course. Of, of businesses' lives, as well as the, the owners and the CEOs. Um, so they do an incredible job out there. But again, as I mentioned, one of their greatest frustrations is that they, they don't, their advice isn't taken. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's very frustrating. Right, right. And, and, that, and, then, and that's the not the, then that's not the fault of the consultant. And that's why I no. said I talk from experience because you can give someone advice, doesn't mean they're going to take it. That, that's exactly right. And we've all gotten advice. Let's face it, it's human nature. So why would it be any different even if we're paying someone to give us that advice? It's human nature to seek advice. Mm-hmm. We do it all the time. We're having trouble in our relationship. We go to a friend. We ask for advice. Do we ever really take the advice of a friend? It, it happens, but it, it, it maybe 10% of the time at the very top. And then you'll ask another friend for some advice and another friend for some advice. And until you finally get to the friend that says, you know what? You ask me. You t- you're always sharing this stuff with me. I give you advice. You never take it. Yeah. You never do what I suggest anyway, and this is what happens with consultants as well. Uh, and, and there are some organizations that absolutely need to bring in a consultant. There may be something very specific going on within that organization or something very specific with uh, an objective that they have that a particular consultant and or advisor may have some knowledge around, experience around that they can share, and it can quickly you know, create a solution for what needs to be done to move to the next level. But I think in terms of what we're talking about, in terms of the context of those those small to mid-sized organizations that are three to five years old and are on that tipping point at this point, whether they're going to go one direction or another, um, finding a way to strengthen one's leadership role, learn some new strategies, new techniques, but also tap into your own resources. Yeah, listen, for most uh, small business uh, operators and, and owners, they started that business with all sorts of doubts, fears, and uncertainties in their mind. This is this is the nature of, of what we do in many respects. But what happened somewhere along the way, if maybe there's a few mistakes made or there were some doubts or maybe we took a wrong path at some point, they start to lose even that. They start to get – it starts to yeah, – it's a cycle that brings them into even further doubts and fears. Getting people back, getting those leadership back, and and by the way, guys, this is something as leaders of your own business, as you're listening to this, this is something to think about. I want a light bulb to go off in your head right now. I want uh, something to say, hey, you know what? This is what I've been facing, but you can turn that around. you got to go back to where you were when you first started this business, find those core values again, find the direction you wanted to go, reevaluate, relook at your goals and objectives, and get back to that place where you were when you first started this thing and begin to move towards the ultimate outcome that you want to achieve. That's one small way to do that. Of course, we use a lot of other strategies as coaches to be able to help people get back to that resourceful state. I'm a big believer that there aren't bad states, there aren't negative states, there aren't winners, there aren't losers. It's just 
unresourceful and there's resourceful states in which we take into our lives, into our business that will have an impact on the decisions we make every single day. So you've got to find a way to get back into that resourceful state, whether it's tapping into the resources around you or the ones that you have in you personally that got you to where you are right now and let go of some of those doubts and fears. And that's what, that's what coaching does. And that's what you can do with yourself as well. You can find a way to tap into that state. And and this is going back, you know, it's going back to basics pretty much. It, it truly is because it's the basics that got people to where they are in the first place. A very good friend of mine, uh, Tom, I won't mention Tom's name, but there's a company out here. It's a cable company, uh, not a, a cable provider of, of um, media, but they provide actual cables, um, hard, you know, uh, products for cable companies and businesses and uh, and they've grown, I think they're about seven years old now, and they've grown in the last two years. I worked with them about two years or so ago, went in for a, a keynote, and wound up coaching with uh, Tom and many of the other leadership team as well. And it was exactly that. It was just sort of like, hey, they had – and this is the other thing that happened. This is what happened with them is, uh, is their leadership got tired. It's sort of like we anticipate that we're going to be further along. We always do. Almost all of us, at some point in our business careers or our personal lives, we think we're supposed to be further along. We're at this five-year mark. We've been pushing along and striving. We've been working hard. We've had our nose to the grindstone for five years. And now we're starting to get a little bit tired. It's not like we're not getting over this hump. We're not there. And so we start to lose some energy. We start to lose some steam. So what all I do is go back in and help them tap into by asking the right questions. And, and by the way, the right questions, you can ask yourself, start asking yourself the right questions. The wrong question is why aren't we where we want to be right now? Why are we struggling? Why are we having financial problems? Those are not the right questions. Because I want to go back for a moment, Lewis, mm-hmm. to the very beginning when I said it's almost impossible at that stage of a business or an organization's lifespan to separate ownership, to separate CEO from the organization itself. So whatever questions you're asking yourself as leadership, why aren't we where we want to be right now? Why are we struggling financially? You know what? Your unconscious mind, you know, and this gets a little outside the realm of business, but there's no separating how your unconscious mind operates, the beliefs, the values it has from that business, because when you ask that question, your unconscious mind will find an answer. And sometimes it's not an answer we like. Most of the time, it's certainly not an empowering answer. The last time I asked myself, why aren't I where I'm supposed to be? You know what the answer was? Because you're stupid. That's why. That was the unconscious answer. It will find whatever answer it takes to answer the question you're asking. Ask a more empowering question. That's what coaches do. Ask yourself a more empowering question. The empowering question is always the opposite. What do we need to do right now from this point forward to start moving in the direction we believe as an organization, as an individual, we have earned the right to be at, or you could even shorten it. Very simply, what do we need to do? What actions do we need to take right now in order to start moving towards what it is our objectives are? Right. And so, so start asking the right questions, and you'll tap into the resources you have at your disposal. And and the thing is, and, and which is interesting, Tom, with what you do and how you do it. You know, you know, everyone knows uh, Anthony Robbins and what he does and how he coaches people, mm-hmm. he empowers them, um, and what you teach, or well, how you coach, 
the uh, the your clients or the people that you know the people that you're working with, it's not only uh, you know just for business. It actually trickles down into their everyday life, into their personal life, and it kind yeah. of changes how they deal Boy. with things, right? Boy, Lewis, you're absolutely right about that, and it's interesting because you can also reverse that. By the way, you know, as you know, the, the more empowered you get, the better you're able to tap in your your uh, resources and and become resourceful uh, in your business. That's definitely going to trickle down into your personal life. But the opposite is also true. And I have a saying, and there's a book actually, and I can't remember the author, but it, but I I saw this uh, a book and I saw the cover, and it's how you do anything is how you do everything. And I'm a big believer in that. In many respects, my coaching processes is built around that because when I'm working with individual leaders, now I, I look at their leadership role and what they're doing is a reflection of how they do other things in their life as well. If you're cheating on your spouse, if you're shortcutting on your taxes, if you're doing whatever it might be that represents something of lower value than the standard you're trying to set within your business, Guess what? You've just lowered the bar in your business as well. What you do out there, if you're lazy out there, one of the big components of my coaching process, I call body rapport. Because for individual CEOs, leaders, you've got to have a connection. If you want to tap into your, your internal resources and find your personal power as a leader and ultimately find that be able to use that power to change the direction or continue to reinforce the direction, even though you're hitting some stumbling blocks in your organization, you've got to have trust in your body. Your body cells carry all those resources, all those memories, all those experiences, all the chemical peptides that are either positive or negative. And if you're not connected to your body, you don't trust your body, what's the first thing, let's just say, theoretically, you're standing on this precipice. And and it's very hot. You can't even see the bottom. It's so high. And you can see there's another side to this thing, but there might be thousands of feet, even yards, between you and the other side. And it's just black, and it's scary, man. And you're standing on that precipice, and it's time to take that leap. The first thing we do, and again, this is a metaphor for our financial leap, our, our, our spiritual leap, our physical leap, our relationship, all of it, man. When you're standing on that precipice, the first thing you do once you've made the decision to take the leap, is you stop, you close your eyes, and you take a big, deep breath. That deep breath connects you with your body. So that's a metaphorically the same deep breath, the same connection we need when we're standing on that precipice daily making decisions that will determine the course of our organization's success or failure. You've got to be able to do that. Take that deep breath, connect with your body. Working out, exercising, honoring your physiology. If you're out drinking, eating crap, guess what? Your body is a reflection of your business as well. You've got to take care of that, and it will take care of you, and it will take care of your business. They're all interlinked. They're all connected. And when you do that as, as a business owner or as a CEO, you know, you, you kind of – I mean, that you're giving an image to your employees. You're giving an image to the people that you do business with that you, they want to be around you because you're actually – you begin to inspire them with your actions and, 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 the, uh, and the moves that you make. And if, if you – and again, with what you do, Tom, when you're coaching these, uh, these CEOs and small business owners, what winds up happening is that they have the ability to actually go – 
and uh, just just like your doggy there and bark, bark, bark. But they're they're able to go. <laughs> I had to throw that in. Uh, but you heard uh, it. yeah, I, 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 I wasn't coming. To- <laughs> no, we yeah, you know something, you know. And I tell people this all the time. You never know what's going to happen in the show, you know. But True. but what I was saying is that you know when when the moves that they make. Um, can trickle down or should trickle down to their workers. If they are bad bosses, it'll trickle down to their workers. You're gonna have bitter workers. If you're 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 a good boss and you're actually doing good and you you make the right decisions, no matter how hard they are, you know if you have employees that are looking for growth, they're looking for that something more to believe in. You give them that hope, and and well, I think you, that, I think you. I think that's important. Yeah, you really hit on something so critical there. Uh, the energy. I mean, if you've ever worked in an office with just one person, maybe it's in your cubicle. I work with my wife. We've got several employees, but I work with my wife side by side. And there's no doubt. Now, obviously, you know, there's something that goes beyond just the business relationship. It's, it's our marriage. But even in the context of the business relationship, her energy infects me or it, it, it uh, influences me in some way, shape, or form. There's no question about it. When, when, when someone is tired, lacking energy, lacking focus, and part of that is because maybe they've had too much caffeine or they had a few drinks last night, they're not eating healthy, they just feel drained. You know, when you're physically feeling drained and less than optimal, your energy is going to infect everyone else around you. And ultimately, that's going to trickle down. The decisions you make are a big part of that, obviously, but when your employees see that you take care of yourself, that you've got a company's best interest in mind, when you've got your own, your own well-being in mind in terms of your physical health and your energy levels and you're, you're, you're not dragging your feet, you don't, you don't walk by people in a hallway and don't say hello because you're tired or, 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 or stressed, whatever it might be, uh, that trickles down. And ultimately, people stop believing in leadership. Once they've stopped believing in leadership, they stop believing in the organization, and then they're just worker bees instead of contributors to the success of the organization. And, and those are key components because when you're building a business, you know, especially you have a small business, the people that you have with you, you're, you're depending on them to help you to go up that mountain and to push the oh, machine man. up. Now, if you have people that don't believe in you, how are they going to have the faith that you're going to be able to push up? How many small businesses out there, Tom, that are now gi- ginormous? Okay, and uh, I mean, I'll throw a couple out there. Okay, you look at look at Google when they first started. Okay, you had a, you had a couple of guys you know, doing something. It, it took belief of other people to come in and believe and 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 stand by their side until they moved up. Look at Facebook, same same situation. You look at Apple, prime example. The, you know, Steve Jobs, Wozniak in the garage. You 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 needed that leadership, and that's what Steve Jobs had. He had that mm-hmm. leadership where he drew not only respect. But he inspired people to want to raise the bar, and Absolutely. that's the key you know, thing. I'm sorry, Lewis. No, I said, and I said that is the key thing. That when you inspire someone to do to 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 believe in and see your vision and believe in what you're doing, and raise that bar, there's nothing mm-hmm. better than that in, in any type of business. 
Absolutely. And again, I, I, I'm a big believer that, that it does trickle down from the top. How you do anything is how you do everything. You know, Jack Welch is such a great example, certainly, you know, uh, arguably the greatest CEO of our time. Um, I like, I, I, I like, I like Jack Welch. He's a good guy. I yeah. like him. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you know Jack personally? Have you uh, Jack? I've spoken to him. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little jealous about that because yeah. just to have a couple of minutes, that would be fantastic. And, you know, he was all about, he talked about this many times, about managing energy. And if you can't manage your own energy, and again, going back to this body rapport com- component, what is rapport? Rapport is nothing more than to know, like, and trust. And if you've got rapport with someone, you know, like, and trust that person, you'll buy a car from them. You'll buy a product from them, whatever it might be. And if you don't know, like, and trust and have rapport with your own body, man, then your energy level is going to be radically different than if you did know, like, and trust your own body, the thing that carries you around. And ultimately, that will infect everyone else. That energy, Jack Wells talked about it, managing the energy of your people is key. And he brought that. He managed his own energy, and therefore, it had an infectious a component on everyone in his organization as it trickled down. And so I'm a big believer in that. You know, I mean, obviously that, you know, Jack, you know, had a, a, a huge organization. And for small to mid-sized uh, organizations now who may have big dreams, start from there. Start from start but, but, from the, but those components, you, but those yeah. components, I don't care how big or small you are, you have certain core components that are inherent in any business. And if it's not there, you're not going to break out of the box. You're not going to go to that next level for you for, for any business to go on and grab that next rung on that ladder you have to have these components because if not you're going to be stuck where you are for a long time behind the scenes and entertainment tv music because you've been doing this for some time yeah this is that you know again going back to, to leadership and some of the things that i do in terms of the coaching you know we, we don't need to get into specifics maybe we'll talk about that again in another show and i'd love sure. to do that share some some additional things but the thing that i would share is a lot of times too is what happens is we get caught in the minutiae we get caught working you know uh in the business constantly it's just like we don't take time as leaders and i'm talking to the leaders out there right now of your own organizations or thinking about starting your uh, an organization a business is you know and, and then we stop doing the things that will make us better leaders. Number one, taking care of your body. Number two, continually growing your knowledge base. Read a book a week. You're not just running an organization. You're leading an organization. Read a book. Continue expanding. You should be reading biography after biography. You know, a great book I just read called The Lean Startup. I recommend it for everyone because it gives a whole different model and, and by the way, a startup doesn't have to be something that's just in the last couple of weeks or six months or a year, but even three to five years is still relatively startup levels. Great book on how to build a new model for what you're doing and how you're doing it. One of that's I, I just listened to that on audio, and I recommend read a book a week, listen to audios daily, Tra- take training courses every quarter. You should be expanding your ability to be a great leader. Uh, on a daily basis, not stopping at the point where you're at three to five years, thinking, okay, we're there now. The problem has to be internal. That problem has to be systems. The problem has to be something else. The problem has to be employees. No, there's a good chance the problem is you. You solve it by becoming better at what you do and being a resourceful leader. And it begins with these things, asking the right questions, reading, listening, taking training courses, going back, 
to what I call the beginner's mind. Going back to where you were at the beginning, when you had to learn as much as possible before you even thought about bricks and mortar, before you thought about starting that organization. To deliver the goods, but you have got to just to eliminate some of the fear. Go back to that level. Continue to grow. Personal growth is the key to organizational growth. I'm oh, a big believer. But those are some great points. And, you know, Tom, there's no doubt we can, we can talk about this all day for hours and hours, but then it would go beyond the time we have for the show, <laughs> you know, but, you know, we I may have done that already. Yeah, exactly. But, but, you know, I want to bring you back on in the future and we, I want to talk about, you know, the, uh, the personal coaching and the growth because as, as we spoke about, you know, uh, when you're, when you enhance yourself on a personal level and you, you know, it, it trickles down to your business, you enhance yourself on a business level, it trickles down to your personal. So it's intertwined. And I want to touch on that because I think it'll be uh, beneficial to our listeners that may not have a small business, may not have a mid-side business. They may work for a company, but this stuff will yeah. be helpful to them in enhancing their, 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 their worth. Uh, to themselves. So I think it's a key thing. But what I want you to do, Tom, if you can, if you can let our listeners know how to find out more about you and the things that you do and, and how, you know, how to, how to follow you and just learn, learn about what you're doing. Well, well, certainly you can go to maxmindset.com. That's maxmindset.com. Uh, that's my blog where I have a lot of information. I'm constantly posting. Uh, articles and resources, videos, things of that nature, uh, some certainly around the fitness community, which I, I still keep active in, the bodybuilding and fitness community. I feel an obligation to continue to contribute to that community as well as the business world as well. And I'd love to have you follow me on Facebook as well, Tom Terwilliger. It's T-E-R-W-I-L-L-I-G-E-R. Please stop by, say hi, and uh, we'll reach out as well. So, uh, Lewis, I can't, uh, can't thank you enough for allowing me to share some of my experiences and the, and the chat with your folks and the chat with you, man. Like I said, I love what you're doing, and it's really an honor to be part of it. So well, thank you, brother. Thank thank you, Tom. I really appreciate it. And, again, we're going to have you back on because I, you're bringing value to our listeners, and that's what uh, Money Never Sleeps is about. Okay, on that note, I want you guys to check out uh, you know, Tom Terwilliger, find out more about him. He has a lot to offer you. If you have a small business or mid-sized business, keep in mind it's not just about the consulting or the advising. You know, you, you can get an advisor or consultant to help you build your business. I get it. I've done that. However, when you learn, when you, when you get coached to do something, it's giving you some assets, it's giving you more ammunition so you can actually take your business to the next level and inspire the people around you. And that's key because you can't put a price tag on that. So I want you to stick with us and we're going to be right back with you on Money Never Sleeps right after this quick break. This is Chef Gavin Murphy with your one minute healthy cooking tip. A lot of people are more health conscious nowadays, especially when it comes to food. But did you know there are a lot of hidden calories and of all things, salad dressing. They're chock full of added sugars. But don't fret, I've got you covered. Try this quick and delicious salad dressing recipe. Grab a small Tupperware container with a lid and add a quarter cup of balsamic vinegar, two tablespoons of whole grain or Dijon mustard, a teaspoon of organic honey, pinch of salt and pepper and three quarters of a cup of olive oil. Pop the lid on and give it a good old shake. This is spot on for a beautiful summer salad and will keep in the fridge for weeks. 
For more healthy cooking tips and info, go to gavinmurphy.com. Hi, my name is Peter May of London Central Properties, and we're based in Cavendish Square, which is close to Regent's Park. The majority of my work experience has been in sales, in particular the hotel and hospitality industry, both in the UK and overseas. London Central Properties is an established company with a global presence and a high reputation for service and discretion. We specialize in the sale of high-value, off-market apartments, houses, hotels and investments. We have recently opened a new division specializing in the provision of service departments which cover the full spectrum from budget to exclusive. These apartments are suitable for both leisure and corporate clients and are located in the key areas of London including Mayfair, Knightsbridge, Kensington and Bayswater. For further information please refer to our website which is www.londoncentral.com properties.com we have now established an exclusive partnership with the host of money never sleeps mr louis velasquez hi everyone john and pete nigerian here at the nasdaq with some news you do not want to miss as option floor traders cnbc contributors and co-founders of optionmonster.com people always want to know our secrets for trading the options so we wrote an entire book on it and today to celebrate the book launch we're giving away a limited number of these books for free all you have to do is cover shipping and handling learn how you can use options like we do to make more income with less capital to reduce your investment risks and to make money regardless of which way the market's moving it's all right here in this book and today we're giving it away to you for free Equity options today are hailed as one of the most successful financial products to be introduced in modern times. You have to learn to profit from them. This one book could dramatically increase your investment returns. And today it's free. So pick up that phone and call now. Call 1-800-961-1923 for your free book. That's 1-800-961-1923. Call now. All right, welcome back to Money Never Sleeps, and the show gets more and more interesting as the weeks go by. Uh, we have an eclectic uh, bunch of people that come on here, some great people, giving us the behind-the-curtains uh, look in certain industries that normally we wouldn't get that information, and today's no different. We're going to be bringing on, uh, he's a, a tech pro, he's a film producer, his name is Kent Speakman, and uh, actually we're going to bring him on the show because I have a lot of stuff, and he has a lot of stuff to share with you guys, so let's bring Kent on the show. Kent, welcome to Money Never Sleeps, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. You know, it's it's another day, and uh, yes, I'm smiling. I'm here. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, another another sunny day with uh, no clouds in the sky here in uh, in LA. So can't complain. Yeah, throw it, throw it, throw it in our faces, why don't you? <laughs> so, so tell tell us a little bit, uh, briefly, a little bit about you, so our listeners, you know, get a greater feel. Because I told them you're involved in technology, uh, film producer. You know, give them the little, give them the spiel, so that we can, uh, you know, touch on a topic that I know they're going to be really interested in. Perfect. Well, thanks for thanks for having me on. First off, and uh, yeah, my background comes 
from uh, marketing, technology, and uh, film entertainment industries. So I've done a lot of stuff in the technology space, producing different apps for uh, networks and studios, and then uh, some independent ones, uh, companies that I'm involved with as a co-founder. Uh, I've worked on some other projects as far as film and television, online video, producing uh, business development courses uh, on DocStock, uh, and sort of all gamut to the entertainment industry from how to market a project to independently produce and raising financing and putting the whole pieces or all the pieces together to, to get something off the ground. So kind of a, a very background, but it's uh, kind of the intersection of technology, marketing, and uh, entertainment is kind of where I like to sit. Well, I mean, in this day and age, you, you need to be multifaceted. And what, you, what you're doing in, as far as technology is concerned is interesting to me, at least. And I know it's going to be interesting to our audience, you know, because in, in the world of entertainment, you know, social media technology plays an important part in, in the growth of not only in the individual, but also the film projects or TV projects. Am, am, I, off, am I off too much on that? Oh, you're, you're, you're completely right, actually. I've had uh, friends that have been, uh, they've gone into pitch shows to networks, and the, the networks love the shows, but said, come back in six months when you get your social media numbers up so that we know that you've got enough of a following that, that we can really get behind this. Um, so it's, it's something that, that's very prevalent and important to, um, you know, everybody from the independents, if, if you're looking to put together a cast for, for an independent film and all things being equal, you've got two great actors. One's got a great social following and the other doesn't. You're going to take the person that's going to help you market and, and be able to push that and get eyeballs on, uh, uh, on whatever it is. If it's a film, a TV show, or, uh, even just a, a YouTube video. And it's a lot different than it used to be in the MGM days where you would have a Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, James Cagney, they're out there. There's no social media. It's just them being good actors, Cary Grant, people like that. It's a different It's a different age now. Yeah, it's uh, very much it. Back then, the studios owned the, uh, owned the talent and they worked together on everything um, in some sort of a, a partnership, I guess would be the way to, to put it kindly. Uh, where, where the talent was attached back to that studio and, and just worked together. And, and now things are, are very different in, in a lot of ways. There's some, some similarities that, you know, you see with the way that a lot of the uh, YouTube studios work with their talent. But um, it is a much different day and age than, than it used to be. You're right. And, and the thing is, from what I see, too, you can have someone ultra-talented that, ha I mean, and they have a, a low social media presence, but... They won't get the type of gigs as if someone that had a high-profile social media presence on, on Twitter, Facebook, or Tumblr, you know, whatever social media is out there, you know. But there's, there's value, there's intrinsic value in that, right, Ken? Oh, you're, you're completely right. It's uh, you know, the, like I was mentioning before, the ability to promote what you're working on, mm -hmm. uh, and if that comes back to you know a brand that's involved with with the project or. Um, even just trying to get it into festivals and stuff, if you're able to be, you know, if you've got a great cast of uh, people with a, a great social media following and you've got a small independent film, for example, and you're able to get everybody pushing that um, that message out about, about your project, it's going to get more eyeballs and more visibility and, and it, it brings a ton of value. Yeah, and it's really interesting how, how it's been 
this this progress or this progression that has been taking place in entertainment where you can have someone and then with the advent of YouTube you can have someone that's a talented musician and become a star on YouTube and become a star in reality uh you can you can go and produce a little you know dinky show and become you know internet sensation and all of a sudden have your own sitcom so the the, the playing field is has changed there's no uh you have no prima donnas out there there's there's a little more to it now yeah it's uh you know we, we've seen it from you know i, I hate to use the example but like the justin biebers and, and people like that who've gone out and done a great job and created youtube videos and built that following and got discovered and got onto people's radar and that's you know partly I, I think we'll get into it later on in the show but what we're what we're trying to do with famous is you know create a place for people to come together and showcase their talent and then get discovered so uh it's it's, it's very relevant and, and timely for for what i'm passionate about right now and, and i think you know where the the whole industry sits as a whole well and l let's talk about famous for a second because i think what you're doing with the uh we'll call it you know, it's a social media platform and where where you're giving opportunity to talented people to actually get in front of people normally they wouldn't be able to get in front of yeah that's right so we we, we created famous and my partner jason actually had uh had the idea to create something where if you were in a in a band and you were looking for a drummer how would you go about finding that you know, you go on Craigslist or, or, or Facebook and post these things all over the place. And that was where the initial idea came from. It's evolved into a, a social media platform and it's an app available in the App Store. And, uh, for your listeners, it's F-A-M-E-U-S, uh, dot me is the website or F-A-M-E-U-S, uh, if you're searching in the, in the Apple App Store. Um, and we've created this platform that allows everybody to come on. You can link in all your YouTube and Vimeo videos. Pull in your portfolio of photographs if you're a model or an actor, musician, uh, hairstylist, makeup artist, whatever that is. You put all that content up there as well as SoundCloud. Uh, so you're able to put your, your whole portfolio of work, uh, showcase it to others, and then share that uh, to the news feed to get, to get that information out to the rest of the community. Uh, post jobs and then reach out and connect with people like you would on, on a LinkedIn, for example, where let's say you and I are at a film premiere tonight. We meet, uh, exchange information. Um, most people in, in the business community go onto LinkedIn and, and make that connection, you know, within the next couple of days. Whereas with, with Famous, what we've done is created a platform for them to be able to do that and then foster those relationships because we might not have something that we can work on together right now. If I was an actor and you're a producer, there might not be a fit today, but six months down the road, you might not remember my name or, or, uh, my number, but you can go back through and, um, reconnect with me on Famous if, if we've made that connection and go, okay, yeah, this guy was, you know, he does do these things and watch that demo reel or, or take a look through the photos and see if there's a fit there to, to, to talk about working together. So so that's what we've done is created a, a platform for that and um, we've uh, we've been live in the App Store for a while and it's uh, it's been going great. We've had some, some really cool success stories with um, probably the, the most exciting one. There was a uh, one of our users in Michigan saw the posting for the Batman versus Superman uh, movie, and she puts a role on it. Um, so, right, I think that I think that's really you know fantastic that you're you're able to you know bring that because again you know you have people that 
just need that outlet. You know, and it's funny with, with social media, Kent, you know, uh, you look at, and, and this is my, my current, my most current example, okay, is James Gunn. Okay, James Gunn, you know, who everyone knows who he is now, but six months, a year ago, people were like, James who? James what? You know, and now everyone knows him because of Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, he, he had an opportunity to make that happen, to make that work, and, you know, he shined. And what and the reason I bring that up is that you have a lot of talented people out there that just need the opportunity to show the world how good they are. And that's what you're trying to do with Famous. Yeah, that's exactly. And it's, it's funny that you bring up James because um, I've got another uh, another friend that, that we're working with. It's, uh, it's Josh Emerson, and he's currently the fan favorite on Marvel to be the next Venom and the next uh, Spider-Man movie. And uh, so he's been using Famous to promote his Venom videos and uh, connect with his fans to, to get them to rally and sign a petition to make sure that he ends up booking that role. So Josh is a perfect example of using social media and some of his other influential celebrity friends, uh, Quentin Aaron from The Blind Side. Um, he's gotten on board and done some interviews with him, and he's pulled in some other actors to shoot this series of um, uh, Venom campaign videos. And he's using Famous and YouTube and Facebook and the rest of the social networks out there to be able to push this out and connect with audiences. And, um, you know, so that's... Uh, uh, you, you're bang on with that. It's, he's, he's extremely talented, but he's leveraging all these platforms to be able to, to get seen and make sure that he's in the front running to book that role when it's uh, officially announced. Yeah, see, Matthew Modine should have used it because he would have been Doctor Strange. <laughs> he, he got ripped on that. He really did. I thought he was going to be Doctor Strange. I told him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but if he would have had, you know, if he would have. Uh, had a campaign like that, as you're, as you're mentioning, for, for Venom, you know, it potentially could have helped because more people could have got behind it. Yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, that's the power of, uh, of social media and social influencers today is, um, you know, you can really, if you're able to connect with audiences and, you know, create compelling story and content that resonates, resonates with audiences, um, you know, you can you can change people's minds as far as, uh, casting oh. opportunities go, or, or at least get, get get yourself to the table to have uh, have a chance to be seen. And that's the key thing to be seen. You don't want to be in the in the shadows. You know, you need to be out there because if they don't, if you, you're out of sight, out of mind, and that that's what it comes down to. And if you have yourself out there, at least have you know, IMDb is good, you know, for for what it is, but. Not, I mean, a lot of people. You don't see a lot of fans going on there to to look at your your quick video. You know, they'll look at your bio, your pictures. But if you're looking to run a campaign like what you mentioned with Venom, you know, uh, something like Famous uh, could actually be very helpful. And you're not looking to replace Facebook or Twitter. It's just another tool. Yeah, we've actually we've actually fully integrated with both uh, both Famous and uh, Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and Vimeo. Um, in order to be able to come on to Famous uh, with the app and create that content or, or share that content and then push it out to your other social networks. So you can, you can go and create that one update, share it to the news feed and share it to your Twitter fans and your Facebook uh, connections and um, all, in, all in one sort of one-stop shop. So no, we're, we're not definitely not trying to compete with them. We're just trying to create a, a niche for people in the in the industry because there's, 
there's some some sort of professional updates that um, people in the industry want to share just with the industry and maybe not so much everybody else uh, as far as friends and family goes. And that's where, you know, there is a little bit of a difference between, um, you know, a, a, a Facebook um, a Facebook friend and, and, and somebody that you would be connected with on, on Famous or, you know, if you're in a professional setting on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. just in the types of content that you might be sharing. So uh, we wanted to really narrow it down on that and create something specific for the entertainment industry and, and that's kind of what we've done. And, and I think that's important to, to have something targeted specifically for the entertainment industry. You know, other people have done some things like that but not not like what you're doing they have attempted to do this and do that and that and this and this the, the reality is when when you have like you mentioned linkedin uh let's call this the this is the linkedin for entertainment okay that i'm, I'm dubbing it that how do you like that <laughs> that's uh that's good <laughs> i think we need to use that i think we need to use that you know and, and again th- this helps to increase the value of the individual because if you increase your social media presence and your social media value, I mean, it's crazy. They even, yeah, you have, you know, sites and stuff that put an actual, you know, dollar amount on what your social media is worth, which is crazy, but they do it. But this increases the value of, of the individual. Oh, completely. Yeah. And there's, um, you know, there's, there's uh, sites like Clout, which actually, you know, you, you hook up all of your, uh, your social media accounts to it and it gives you a score from one to a hundred. And, uh, the higher your score is, the more value you are to brands. And, um, they don't enforce that you have to tweet or, or, or share an update about their products. But, uh, when you get past a certain number, they'll start sending you stuff. And, uh, it's kind of interesting to see because I'll, I'll bounce between like 67 and 74. And as soon as I get that 70 mark and up, all of a sudden you start getting perks and it's, you know, tickets to, to concerts or, um, you know, soccer matches or uh, actually the Bluetooth headset that I'm talking on right now I got from Cloud. Um, oh, I, 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 uh, I got to so, look into this thing. I want I want swag too. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's K-L-O-U-T. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool uh, pretty cool platform. Um, and we've, we've integrated uh, a similar type of um, ranking system for, for, for the famous users where uh, as you start to like people's content, um, they accumulate more more fame points. Uh, so that eventually, as uh, as things grow, you know, back to that two, two talented um, actors example, or it could be musicians. Um, you know, if you've got one person that's got a great following and uh, a great uh, fame fame point uh, meter or whatever we end up uh, coining it as. Um, you know, you'd probably want to pick the person who's going to uh, going to have a bigger audience and and more people like their content. Mm-hmm. Um, right, I to get uh, it's interesting. I think it's very interesting. And if you know, if you had to give advice to an individual looking to boost their value, boost their own personal brand in entertainment, what advice would would you be able to give them? Um, well, I think, I, I think the first thing, uh, with, with any, um, any craft is, is, is honing that. So, you know, make sure you've done all your studying and, and you're up to, um, you know, up to the level that you need to be as a professional. Um, and then it's really, it really comes down to building those relationships, uh, with people and, you know, in, in, 
most of the things I've done in my professional life in the entertainment or tech or, or, or marketing world, um, they've all come back through relationships and um, following up with people. So, um, you know, I think that, and that's where it starts is, is you know, you've got to get out there and, and go to the events and, and meet people and be personable and present and um, make those connections. Um, and then continue those relationships online. And, it's, you know, you don't have to be emailing or texting everybody every day, but w- when you're able to, to, to get on these social platforms and connect with people and then, you know, slowly over over time, you, you build up a rapport and they start to get a feeling for who you are and, and you you about them. Uh, and, and then it gives you opportunity down the road to, to see when there's a fit. And that's happened to me multiple times where, you know, you meet somebody and make that connection and, could be three months or six months or two years down the road, um, and you're able to reach out because you've got a, a valid reason now to, but you you built that relationship up with them. And um, and then I think it's it's also the, the second part of that is understanding your audience and um, something you do with your show. It's, you know, you want to create content or, or stories or, or, or be aggregating stories that are going to be resonating with, with the audience you have. If, you know, if I had a, if I was a chef, um, I probably wouldn't be posting a whole bunch of stuff about automotive and car races mm-hmm. all the time because it's not what my audience is gonna gonna resonate with. So it's really about understanding who you are as a personal brand and who your audience is, and then sharing stuff that's that's gonna be relevant with them, sort of on an ongoing basis. Outside of your own personal updates, um, other things that that they would enjoy seeing. No, that that's great advice, and anyone that's listening to the show. If you are looking to boost your brand, and even if it's beyond entertainment, you can be in finance, you can be an author, you can be anything. If you're looking to boost your, uh, you know, boost your value out there in, in the world of social media, and actually it's beyond that in your own, your own world, uh, your own, uh, you know, business or whatever you're doing, uh, take the advice of Kent Speakman because he knows what he's talking about. And Kent, you know, it, it was a definite pleasure having you on the show, and what what I want you to do, if you can, can you uh, let our listeners know how to find out more about you, and, you know, if they wanted to follow you or, or contact you for, for additional input, you know, uh, how would they be able to do that? Yeah, well, certainly, thanks, Lou, and thank you again for having me on the show. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun. Um, so I've got my, my website is kentspeakman.com, and that's K-E-N-T-S-P-E-E. A-K-M-A-N dot com. And uh, all of my handles pretty much across everything online is at Kent Speakman. So uh, Twitter or Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, it's all backslash Kent Speakman. Um, so one of the benefits, I guess, of having a, a fairly unique name. Um, so happy to happy to connect with everyone. And if you've got any questions, feel free to reach out. And we'll go from there. All right, excellent. And I want our listeners that are involved in entertainment and, you know, authors and things like that, you know, go to Famous as F-A-M-E-U-S dot M-E. Check it out and see what it's all about. And I want you to stick with us. We're going to be back with you on Money Never Sleeps after this quick break. This is Chef Gavin Murphy with your one-minute healthy cooking tip. For all my fellow fitness freaks out there, eating lean, high-protein meats like chicken, turkey, or even pork loin is part of our everyday diet. I get asked all the time, how do I make chicken breast juicy and not dry and overcooked? This is how. 
Season the breast with salt and pepper and sear in a drizzle of olive oil in a hot pan until golden on both sides. Preheat your oven to 400 degrees and place the breasts on a foiled oven tray. Pour one cup of chicken broth on the tray and pop it in the oven for six to seven minutes. What's going to happen is the broth will create steam in the oven while the chicken is cooking and add moisture to the meat. And that's my secret. Also, very important guys, once you take the chicken out of the oven, let it rest for three to four minutes and this will also keep all the juices in the breast. For more tips and information on me, go to my site, gavinmurphy.com. Hi, everyone. John and Pete Nigerian here at the NASDAQ with some news you do not want to miss. As option floor traders, CNBC contributors, and co-founders of OptionMonster.com, people always want to know our secrets for trading the options. So we wrote an entire book on it. And today, to celebrate the book launch, we're giving away a limited number of these books for free. All you have to do is cover shipping and handling. Learn how you can use options like we do to make more income with less capital. To reduce your investment risks. And to make money regardless of which way the market's moving. It's all right here in this book, and today we're giving it away to you for free. Equity options today are hailed as one of the most successful financial products to be introduced in modern times. You have to learn to profit from them. This one book could dramatically increase your investment returns. And today it's free. So pick up that phone and call now. Call 1-800-961-1923 for your free book. That's 1-800-961-1923. Call now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right, that wraps up another great episode, in my opinion, of Money Never Sleeps. And uh, again, you know, we had two great guests on here, and Tom Terwilliger, we were talking about small business, mid-sized business, coaching, and uh, a lot of other things that are useful. And we had Kent Speakman on here, you know, speaking about entertainment, social media, and the value that social media actually brings to an entertainer. Uh, you want to follow both of these, uh, informative gentlemen on social media. Uh, Tom Terwilliger is at Tom Terwilliger on Twitter, Facebook, so on and so forth. And Kent Speakman is at Kent Speakman again on Facebook, Twitter, you know, YouTube and everything else. And make sure to check out, uh, his, uh, the, his famous social media network. It's pretty interesting. And I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in you know without you we wouldn't have a show and uh, i'm just happy that we're able to provide some type of value to our listeners you know we try our best and we do appreciate your input so i want to thank you for that next week we're looking to have uh, some high-end uh, real estate professionals on the show to actually speak about the state of real estate not only you know uh you know uh you know mid size uh real estate um but also you know high-end luxury mostly high-end luxury and commercial and because i think that kind of gives us an idea where money flows on a on a higher end and then it trickles down to the lower end um so we want to actually you know speak about that because on the higher end money's coming from all over the world and this is money never sleeps and this is what we're talking about you know you have a lot of investment coming in from overseas and uh, there are a lot of reasons for that and you know I don't want to get into it right now but we will get into it next week and you're going to find it extremely interesting uh because you know this has been uh 
something that's been around for a while and a lot of people really don't realize it. Well, the, the professionals do, but the layman would not. And uh, we want to actually explore that a little bit more. But until next, until next time, I hope that everyone has an extremely, extremely profitable week. And we will be back with you uh, next week. And I, again, I want to thank you again and have yourself a great week. Initiating shutdown sequence. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. What is your major malfunction? So let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.